the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Better late than never, Eric Allen, Bart Scott, and Mike Pinnell here at Vanderbilt Sports Experience at the Wyndham Hamilton Park. You look perplexed, hello, hello, my friend. Hello? Yeah, okay, we, we good? We on? We, we on? We're here. Okay, let's do it. I, I don't know if ESPN's picking us up, but we're rocking and rolling because the show is underway here. We're way more entertaining than listening to people talk about the Knicks. Are you kidding me? The Knicks pregame show. Come on, we're preempted Man. for that. Seriously? Porzingis <laughs> off to a good start this season. Average about 28 a game, I think. Yeah, LeBrick is complaining and crying and whining already, but uh, we'll see. We'll hey, see we're, we're, we're here to talk about the New York Jets, though, fellas. And, That's uh, true. Mike Pinnell opens going? up the show today. Thank you so much for oh, joining yeah. us. Still got a back like a Buick, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I could have did some things behind him, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. Stand in a circle in a man box. Hold up. Let me elaborate on that. You know, he's a massive yeah, man. I, I could have came downhill. He could have held my double teams up. I would have pulled the double team off him. We could have made beautiful music. He got some Yeezys on, too, so that let me know he's oh, he he balling on the budget. Like that. He had to put me hey, out man, there. Like girl that. Hey, man, this girl We still got a <laughs> uniform for you on come down, you know, Buffalo Thursday night. I don't, know if the hamstring, I don't know if the hamstring would be ready for that, though. You know, but uh, <laughs> in case of emergency, break glass, you can hit me up in one uh, or two plays. Uh, uh, right, folks right. can't see this at home, but uh, uh, Bart came in hydrated tonight. He's got like a 125-ounce oh, water jug with him. Well, you know, it's like the, What's that all about? It's about the dedication and making sure that, you know, I, I never want to be the retired guy that somebody sees like, yo, Bart let himself go, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I got to do the important thing. So, you know, I'm vain now, yo. The hamstrings are tight because I, I skip leg day regularly. You know, used to go leg day. I used to go heavy in the, in the, in the paint when it was leg day, squat day, hand cling. He says he's vain now. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. Well, listen, it's, it's important. Listen, you want to look on, on your player card, you want to make sure you're looking right. You know, you can't have a pot belly, you, no segue showing, you know what I mean? You got to make sure you're tight, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Our player guest up. segment here on Inside the Jets is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Mike, let's go inside the facility here across the street today. What was the message you guys were getting from Todd Bowles as the season's second half really started because you're eight games through the 2017 campaign? Yeah, I mean, you know, we just we have everything still in front of us. You know, we took a couple losses these past couple weeks, but, you know, put the last game behind us and we're on the Buffalo. We know that we still control our own future. Got two division games left. We need those, you know. Every game in the NFL is a must-win. Had to have a must-win mindset, but uh, there's a little extra pressure on us, and I think we're going to pull it through. Now, do you like the short week, you know, because you can forget about the loss, but also you can get right back to the business of football and understanding on the other side of that you have a mini-buy where you and your lady can go on vacation and <laughs> more of that cheese? I mean, of course. <laughs> um, you know, just getting right back to it in the process of the week, and, you know, uh, you miss out on one of those padded practices when you get a short week. So, Absolutely. you know, that's always love on the body, but um, – you know, it's always good to get right back to it and know that you have an opportunity just a few days away. All right, so we're bringing us in, though, the preparation. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, wait, the Thursday game, everything's condensed because you basically have two work days, then there's a walkthrough on Wednesday, and all of a sudden you're out there Thursday night playing against the Buffalo Bills. So 
What did you guys do today as far as game plan is concerned? Um, watched a lot of tape, you know, went over the scheme, what we're going to do, you know, walk through, had a really long walk through, everybody got a workout, you know. Everybody talked about the last game, but the coaches didn't really bring it up too much. They just wanted to get it washed and get on to Buffalo. I mean, it should be a benefit, right, because you played this football team early in the season, so you're familiar with them. You, you, you guys have changed a little bit, and I'm sure they have. But uh, speak to everybody that's out there listening about the importance. How do you get your body to bounce back? Because are you a Monday sore guy or are you a Tuesday sore guy? I'm more of a Monday sore guy. But, you know, you, you know how it is. Um, you got to get in the cold tub. got to get your massages together. If um, There's more of an emphasis this week on getting in the training room. If something's not right, get all your ailments fixed so you can be ready on Thursday. How do you get into the cold tub? You jump in or is it one leg at a time? Um, I actually jump in. I do full body then I put half my body in. It's better to get it over with quick. Now, are you reading something intellectual, or are you um, – are you, oh, never mind. I'm sorry, you girls here. <laughs> what, what are you reading? What are you reading? So you, people don't understand, you know, you got you, you to, gotta, you gotta, like, blank out to be able to sit in water that's 34 to 35 degrees. How do, how do, you, how do you get your mindset where you, where you forget and you go numb? Well, usually, you know, through my work day, you know, we work, you know, six to seven hours a day. I'm usually texting or FaceTiming my girl to get through that, you know, because exactly. there's some things I got to attend to. So, um, Honeydew list before yeah, you Yeah, you know, you know how it goes. But um, just just do that, blanket out, and just get through the cold tub, something that's needed to be done, and extend some guys' careers. And if you got ailments, it gets rid of it. It's like a miracle cure, the cold tub. Very simply put, what does this Jets team have to do now to get over the hump? You're in each and every ball game. Over the past six contests, you either had the lead at halftime or you're tied. In four of those games, you've had the advantage at halftime. I mean, you know, the word around the rock room is just we, we just have to finish. You know, many a times in these games we've proven that we can play with somebody for 30 minutes. we got to play with them for 60 minutes. So there's not really one glaring thing that we need to fix. Just everybody just needs to finish and keep the same intensity because we're starting out fast. We just have to keep the same intensity through 60 minutes. Now, now, is it hard to stay relatively aggressive when you do have that lead going into the fourth quarter knowing that, you know, you don't want to give up the big play and sometimes you give up the big play because you don't want to give up the big play? Yeah, I mean, I, I know the mentality for a defensive line. We always want to be aggressive and attacking. You know, everybody's trying to lick their chops and get to the third down. But, you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's hard to keep an aggressive mindset. We just want to stay consistent. How we start fast, and, you know, it's not like the play calls are changing. We just have to keep and stay steadfast as we do in the first 30 minutes as the next 30 minutes. Well, I know you played for Green Bay, so you're, mm -hmm. you're no stranger to weather. But yesterday was a unique day with the wind gust and the weather. I don't know what the temperature was because I was watching it from the comfort of my um, my sofa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in your own but, theater probably. <laughs> you, know, er, you know, early on you saw t uh, turnovers happening with, with Matt Ryan and, and the center uh, quarterback exchange. Mm -hmm. You know, how did that, the elements affect the game plan, you think, offensively, and how did it um, change your, your, you guys' mindset as far as trying to get the ball out and, and try and strip the ball. I think um, for both teams, Atlanta and us, you know, you couldn't really do too much with the deep ball. We knew they were going to come and try to establish a run. We did a good job of bottling that up. There's a few plays we wish we could have back. But um, the elements, man, the rain, we knew there was going to be some fumbles. We would just try to recover those as many times as we could. But um, throughout the week, you know, offensive guys practicing with wet balls, kickers kicking wet balls. So it was just... You know, just trying to plan for that. It, it was great to see uh, Jordan Jenkins, who recently visited us right oh, here yeah. on Inside the Jets, come up with the fumble recovery. Anytime you come somebody here, comes out. here, 
Something's good. Something good is going to happen to you. Oh, Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills. Jamal Adams also had a fumble recovery. Marcus uh, May p- picked one off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah good things are happening. What do I got to touch here. on this set to get some of that? Just, yeah, you good. Yeah, you you yeah, touch yeah, a pick, a sack, you, something. Let me, whatever you, you, juju I need to get. Well, well inside the Jets is supported by selective insurance. Response is everything. So you're going to have a good response Thursday night. Man, right. he, he is right. such a pro, man. That was seamless, man. I'm just trying to learn from the great one right there. You see how he threw the drop in he there, He threw man? that in there. It was oh, crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm not worthy. Your response, yeah, not worthy. Your, your response to a new team here, Mike, uh, what's it been like? Uh, getting acclimated with your new surroundings and what's the environment like in that locker room right now as you guys have endured a rough patch. But I think Josh McCown described it perfectly in the postgame locker room last night. He said, we're frustrated but not discouraged. Um, I just think, you know, Coming from Green Bay, you know, it was a great locker room there. Coming here, you know, you didn't really know what to expect, but I was actually surprised that everybody, even with new players, I was one of many new players that have a first year here, um, we're all together. Everybody has the same goal. Our rookies came in. They worked hard. There were no egos. Everybody just has the same focus and the same goal. So we win together and we lose together. And um, like Josh was saying, staying to everybody's frustration, it's just we all know that we could play with anybody we want to. We just have to finish. And it's just hard that it's not really like one thing like, oh, we need to do this in this situation. We got to do that. It's just we have to finish. So I think that's what everybody's just trying to figure out right now is how we can consistently play for 60 minutes, how we play in the first half. So what do you like better, Lombardi's or Root Chris or the one Applebee's in Green Bay or all the many restaurants we have here in the New York oh, man. metropolitan he's trying, area. He's trying to get me in I know, he's getting after Green, Green Bay. Bay. He's he not there why? No They're not even saying? a rival. Why do we got to go after the poor people of Green Bay? But, but not, I must say, I mean, there's the, just. The great pizza or the cheese curds that you have in Green Bay? Which one? Pick now, one. Now the Make cheese, a decision. The cheese curds are good, but I do like all the options that you have in New York. You go to the city and get whatever you want. Do you go out with the defensive line sometimes? And who picks up the tab? Um, I mean, we have our D-line dinners. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the tab goes around. We all, you know, we all pick up each other's Do you guys side. play uh, credit card roulette? Nobody likes to do that. Come on, bro. It's always designated, and I'm just like, no, no, no. no the credit card you got, roulette. You got to have credit card roulette. That's the funnest game It's very game difficult for people entering the National Football League. They're not making big-time salaries. Come on, And, and you guys can But eat. it's fun. It's fun if, but, you, don't, if you don't lose. Yeah. Yes. Loan your yes. card isn't picked is the greatest night ever. I like those odds. I like those odds. But we don't really like to do it because the D-line tab gets pretty hefty. Well, you, yeah. should, you should make Muhammad because he got all that cheese. And Leonard Williams because he's the first on draft pick. They should put two credit cards in. And that's how you do it. I got to coach him up. I, See, that's I, I agree. Yeah. They can use some Miles credit cards, right? You know? And that's going to help them no, anyway. No gas cards. No gas. Uh, <laughs> Disrespect. I tell you what, Speaking of Muhammad Wilkerson, I think the last two weeks he's really come on. He's been playing better football. What have you thought out of Mo here uh, in week seven and week eight? But he gets his first sack of the season against the Atlanta. I mean, coming into the room and um, the Jets, you know, when we did have Sheldon, uh, Leo, and Mo, I'm around three pro bowlers. So any time that I can pick up any knowledge from them and how to be a pro, how they practice, what works here, what doesn't work there, I just try to absorb all that. Now, Mo, I mean, he's a tough guy. He's different. He's dealing with different ailments right now. That he's got even, three injuries, a yeah. toe, a foot, a shoulder. Yeah, even – Put some know, dirt on it. <laughs> and he definitely is. So, I mean, people try to discredit sometimes how tough that guy is. And, man, he's just out there putting it all together. It's just amazing to watch. And that really shows the dedication to his teammates in the New York Jets. All right, you're a pretty tough guy yourself. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know about your background. Um, can you – 
tell us a little bit about you being diagnosed with cancer when you were two years old. Um, well, when I was two years old, I was diagnosed with Wilms tumor cancer. They had to go do perform surgery. They removed half of one of my kidneys. And, you know, I've been blessed enough not to be within any remission or anything like that ever since then and, you know, grow ginormous and be able to play in the NFL. So. But you went over that pretty quickly. That's something you would have deal with a lot throughout your childhood. Um, when, I, when I was younger, you know, when people ask me a lot about this, I, ha- I have to refer them to my mother because when I was younger, you know, it was a traumatic experience. I really, like, blocked out most of it. I really truly don't remember a lot of it. So that's why I always have to refer to her. And, you know, I know she's a strong lady for going through that and still pushing me through everything, even letting me play football, and now we're here. So it was I mean, tumors were atta- attached to both of your kidneys, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, had to go through chemotherapy, went through all that, and by the grace of God, I've been good. Well, I saw that you know in your in your uh, bio that that you visit some some kids in the hospital mm-hmm. that are dealing. And I know the cancer society is a is a tight knit society. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have to continue to get screening for the rest of your life, but I was fortunate enough when I was a member of CBS to go down to St. Jude's and really see the strength. How do you use your story to inspire some of those athletes? I know that they are. You know, parents are hesitant when when their child has cancer to really put them in sports. They don't want to put them at risk anymore. Whenever I have, like, a platform to talk about that, um, I usually talk more directly to the kids to show them, to show their parents the strength within them because it's really the parents that's going through it. Nobody wants to see their child go through anything like that. I I mean, when I look at it, I'm just like, I don't even know how my mother – how she dealt with any of that and how she had the strength to go through it. But um, I actually visited the hospital that I went through my chemotherapy with, and um, it was uh, Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. 18 months of chemotherapy. Yes. And they actually the same doctor who was with me through all that chemotherapy was still there. So it was like like full circle. It was like a surreal moment. And there was actually this kid there. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was a bigger kid. He was going through dialysis, had going through chemotherapy as well. And, you know, his, he wanted to play football, and, like, his parents would ask me, like, how you dealt with that? And I said, man, you, you can't limit his dreams. You know, he always has to have something to look forward to. Great story, in, in the United States, close to 16,000 children under the age of 21 are diagnosed with cancer every year, and approximately one quarter of them won't survive the disease. Yeah, so crazy. when you're walking around that hospital – and you get a chance to speak to those kids. What is that experience like? I mean, for me, it's very humbling. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed. I mean, I could easily have been one of those kids who didn't make it. Like, you know, it's all a numbers game with football and life. So, I mean, just the fact that I'm able to make it and the fact that I'm able to go back and give kids some type of motivation, like, I mean, it's a blessing. How does that change your life's purpose? You know, almost feeling like you have a lease on life and God spared your life and still allowed you to get this platform. What do you see for yourself after the, foot, after the game? Um, I mean, as you know, within the game, you're not really thinking too far out of it. So I know I just want to play as long as I possibly can. And um, I just want to show everybody that, you know, you can't let something like that deter you from your dreams and your goals. And that's why I was fortunate enough that my mother, she pushed me through all that, supported me through everything, never let me say I couldn't or anything like that. It was always why not. So, With that being said, you, I mean, you're on our set. Everybody that comes on this set balls out. You may get a new contract because you may set some type of sack record, you know, because you're great. So let make sure you can rub that. it down. Let me you get all I mean? that on the set. Let me get everything. How about that? Inside the Jets is presented by EY, building a better guy, working man. world. Hey, hey, this guy's. Listen, <laughs> you're, the goat, you, you point to your mom, though, for a lot of your success, huh? No question. She's a driving force? No question. Without her, I wouldn't be here. K 
college, you took a long road to get to the National Football League. Long, yes. Very long. What college was that? Was it a directional college? Uh, he, he jumped around. Let Mike tell his story. <laughs> a little bit. Well, I mean, I started in junior college at Scottsdale Community College. Go fighting artichokes. Um, <laughs> fighting you know, artichokes. How about that? Artichokes. That's not on the menu and tonight. Not, 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 proudly. Not, not fighting like a spinach dip or no, artichoke wait, wait. dip? See, see this guy right here, <laughs> I the fighting you... artichoke. We say it proudly. Okay, you, you definitely did. You're representing. And then what? So then after that, um, I made a stop at Arizona State. You know, it didn't really work out with me and the coaching staff there. And then I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity at uh, Colorado State University of Pueblo, which was the Thunderwolves. I'm sure you guys are going to have to say about that. Oh, definitely. I got some Thunderwolves gear. It's like Colorado State hyphen something else. Yes, of course. But, um, you know, the coaches that I met there at, at Scottsdale Community College and Colorado State Pueblo, I still talk to today. I mean, those guys were instrumental to my success. Um, then I was fortunate enough to get invited to the combine, you know. Things didn't work out how I was supposed to in the draft, and I got my two to the Green Bay Packers. Two uh, 25 at the combine. How many reps? Now, see, come on, man. The numbers at the combine, you guys got to understand, they take away reps. So I believe uh, they were short struck. You, know, you were short struck. I, well, I, yeah. I may have did a do little Do you have long arms? I do have long arms. Let's see if you, you got T Rex arms. Let's see if you got the T Rex. I'm a little lengthy here. Okay. I got a little Hooper okay. arms in okay. me, you know. But I think it lists me at 28, but I'm going on the record saying I did 33. 33? 33. Did you run the 40? Of course. What the time? Now, see, once was again, it, oh, once again, we got to understand. Six, four, three, what, what, was it a stopwatch or was it a sundown? Okay, we're gonna, I'm going to give you the stopwatch time. I'm going to give you the laser time. My stopwatch time was 4, 9, 8. And then, wow. You know what? I'm not even going to listen to the laser time because that, that was in anything that said five, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> six, four, 335 pounds running a 40 less than five seconds. Oh, That's yeah. not right. I had some moves. Yeah, you certainly did. Um, so tell me about the rotation right now and how much you, uh, you are enjoying the guys up front and uh, what you're being coached on by uh, Robert Nunn. Um, I mean, Coach Nunn, he's a big technician, you know, so um, he's all about, you know, technique, alignment, assignment. That's our major thing. We talk about it every week. Um, with the guys now, you know, some games I start, some games I don't, but it's always – being with this group of guys, everybody's competitive, so it's always good. If somebody gets a tackle, it's like, all right, I got to get a tackle. I know when my time comes. So we're always pushing each other. Everybody's supportive. Man, it's just a great group of guys. Now you talk about the Buffalo Bills this week, Thursday. Mm -hmm. Talk about Shady. They're playing exceptionally well, I think surprising a lot of people. How do you slow them down and how you walk out with the dub? Um, we just got to stop Shady. Stop 25, you know, then hopefully get Tyron on the pass out the pocket and then let our rushers get to him. Well, Mike Pinnell, you did a great job here on Inside the Jets, and you can come back anytime. And uh, listen, we'll have to watch to see what you do Thursday night. Oh, definitely. All right? You're good. All this You're good. Luck. I'm getting all this right here. All right. We're going to be right back here from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits there at the Wyndham Hamilton Park. All right. We're back here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Eric Allen and Bart Scott. Nice segment there with Mike Pinnell, the big man, 642. Six four three thirty five. I asked him, "Could I rock with them Yeezys? Because he get paid that big cheese, but I can't fit the fifteen. Though. So, so you like those big shoes, the size fifteens? I can't fit the fifteens. Thirteens, but as far as I can stretch them out, bro. Okay, so Bart, uh, and thanks to everyone watching right now I on NewYorkJets.com. Yes, yeah, my mom is you're here. Just gonna gloss over that, man. We gotta give get yeah. your peeps some love, yeah. man. Yeah, hey, give my mom a round of applause. All right, yeah, so and people are watching New please, York. Please, please. NewYorkJets.com. He wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for her. And on Facebook, yes. Yeah, a little bit of him. L a lot of love. <laughs> a lot of love. <laughs> if for, I'm bad, Pops, I'm just playing. For all the moms out there tonight, 
Uh, the Jets have reached the midway point with a 3-5 and five record. What's your take on this team as we head to the season's second half? Well, I think it's a team that's getting a, a lot of experience that it can take moving forward. Uh, you talk about them being in close games and you know, having leads in the fourth quarter. At some point, you got to turn the corner and learn how to win those games. I think every team that's going through the process you know, have to learn how to finish. And, it, and it's tough. It's easier said than done because what happens is the team that's losing is a desperate football team, and they're willing to do anything. And you can't be reckless because you have to try and still, you know, win the game. You can't make a mistake. They're trying to make a mistake. They don't, they, they, they don't care. They have nothing to lose. And whenever you're playing a team that's desperate, it's always tough to do. So you have to match their energy. And I would like to see the Jets, when they, when they get turnovers, they get into other teams' territory. You talk about Matty Ice fumbling two of the center snap exchanges between him and Mac. Yep. You've got to cash those in. Those have to be seven. You know, I know it was tough kicking elements as well, but you, you have to, be, to take it to the next level to beat a team that may have more talent than you right now or more proven talent sure. with experience, you have to be able to make those big plays. To and it comes down to one or two plays every game. To your point, those two first-half takeaways, the fumble recoveries by Adams and Jordan Jenkins, the Jets had the ball in plus territory. They came away with three points. In the second half, the Jets started a drive at the Atlanta 47, the plus 47, they actually went backwards, didn't get anything out of that. And they also had a drive that went to Atlanta's 24-yard line. Unfortunately, McCown was sacked, pushed them back. Then there's a missed field goal by Chandler Canton Zero. And the Jets lost the game by five points. Right, so that's four possessions. Any one of those are, are capped off with a touchdown, then it, it, it makes the the um, Atlanta Falcons desperate as well. Because just remember, they were coming off a of three Three-game three slide. Yep. Three-game three slide in a row. And, you know, doubt starts to creep into their heads as well. Like I said, you know, talk about the elements. I think that was that benefited us, the Jets. You know, it didn't allow Matty Ice to drop back and survey the field in perfect elements and throw the ball down the field. You have to take advantage of home field advantage. All right. I thought Morris Claiborne has played uh, very good for the Jets over the first half of uh, this season. I thought he was playing really well against Julio Jones. Unfortunately, he went out with the leg injury. Buster Screen was out of the game because yep. he had a concussion. So what you saw was some, Todd Bowles calls it, gymnastics, some secondary shuffling where Daryl Roberts, Roberts is typically your third corner. He becomes your two. And then Robert Nelson, who was on the practice squad until last week, he comes in, and he's playing a slot. Yeah, man. So how challenging is that? I know injuries are part of yeah. life in the National Football League. It's, it's trial by five. That's why you get encouraged about this young Jets football team moving forward because now guys like that are getting opportunities in critical situations. And, you know, it's, it's teaching tape there for them to learn from. I tell people all the time, a veteran is a veteran, not because he doesn't make mistakes. It's because he's made every mistake and he's able to learn from it. You know, you talk about some of these players that are playing backups, you know, when you go through practice, especially during the week, you're the look team. You're pretty much playing the other team's defense while everybody else is getting corrected. You know, you may go one or two deep, and you may have some some subs, some subs come in. But that, that guy that's starting is getting all the coaching. He's making right. all the corrections. He's being able to see it visually as well. Some people learn can learn on a chalkboard. Some people have to actually see it through their eyes. And now guys are getting experienced that way, and it's only going to help them going forward as they mature as a team. Now you have depth, and now you force Ty Bowles, you, you force you know them to find spots and packages. Remember, we used to have – 
the, uh, the, the Drew Coleman package. Then we had the Spartan package when we brought Eric Smith in. You know, we had the Brad Smith package. And that's what happens. You know, now everybody's getting experience. Everybody's getting an opportunity to play meaningful reps. And it only helps this team going forward. You will hope to win some of these games, but you're getting vital experience that's going to help this team moving forward. So you talk about next year, guys that, that, that may have been backups or guys that are starters as new people come in, that you, as you add people, now you have depth. Now you have a team. Now what happens when people get hurt, you don't, you, you're not afraid of somebody coming in because right. he's already proven that he, can, he, that he can execute. How about Robbie Anderson? He was on the show a couple of weeks ago, his first career 100-yard. He? he fell asleep on the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> Take it still, easy, I'm still man. About that Take one, it man. easy. First 100-yard receiving game. At least he was uh, woke for the game. Yeah, sometimes we do pray on inside the Jets, as we just did. But uh, Nobody's li- Listen, yet. he got in the end zone yesterday. He also is showing some uh, more diversification yeah, as yeah. far as his route running. Not a, a one-trick pony. He still has a, a, a long way to go, but you, know, you see the progress. You see the maturation. You know, yesterday they were using his speed. Instead of using it vertically, they were using it horizontally, make, making sure that he can run through zones and try and hit him with passes through the zones. You know, he's going to have to bulk up a little bit, and I think he's going to have to develop some more. But you know, right now, you know, he's good at the two things that he does. You know, you know, using his feet, and then he's going to get a little bit more craft there as he learns how to sink his hips coming in and out of transition. You know, I liked uh, – this didn't even go down as a catch, but it was a pass interference penalty that the Jets picked up 20 yards on was a double move yeah, uh, from, from Robbie. He's running up the sideline, then he takes off, and those cornerbacks in the National Football League, even though they're fantastically talented as well, they can't keep up with a guy like that when he's running doubles. Well, because you got to understand what the scouting report is. You know, people are going to open up and say, I, "I'm not going to beat, get beat." You know, over the top. I'm going to stay low. Understand that he's the team's deep threat. You know, that's why you see a guy like Curly, who who's really crafty in, in his route running. He can utilize his threat of speed, but he he can transition because he's more of a quick guy. You talk about Robbie; he's a more you know, long, tall, you know, strider type a long of guy. Strider, he's yep. a long strider, but as he learns how to control his body and he'll learn how to run those same routes that a curly can do, and then, you know, then he becomes indefensible. All right, I want to talk about the quarterback position, but uh, we got to go to a break. We'll come right back here on Inside the Jets. A break? All right, we're back here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Eric Allen and Bart Scott, I told you I wanted to – to discuss the quarterback position after the game last night. Todd Bowles was asked about the quarterback situation here. He said, Josh is my quarterback. And when he was asked about the young quarterbacks, he said, I saw my young quarterbacks during training camp. Josh is our quarterback. Mike drop. You know, yeah. I know a lot of people um, didn't agree with that. You know, you, you listen to sports talk radio around the town and everybody's saying, when are they going to play the young guys? Listen, and, and, and I try and say this and, and be respectful to the young backups, but um, you, you have to evaluate your entire team. You can't just evaluate one position. And how can you evaluate how good your offensive line is if you have a, a young guy in and you talk about the competition and the schedule is starting to heat up and he can't protect himself? But also, he's not delivering the ball on time because he doesn't have the experience to decipher where the ball should go. And now your offensive line is starting to give up sacks, so now the morale starts to sink there because now their rankings are dropping and people are saying they can't block and this and that. And then, oh, you know, Bilal Powell's not a good running back or Matt Forte or McGuire can't run the football. 
it's important that you have a veteran quarterback that understands how to run the offense, that understands how to deliver the ball, that understands how to hit the hot. You know, it's important to evaluate the rest of your team. So going forward, you can understand who's going to be a part of this team moving forward and who's not. And you can't do that if you put a, a young quarterback in that's not ready to play because now now you don't get a clear picture of what you have moving forward. People have a real difficult time understanding that. Well, they really have a, a difficult time with that concept that, okay, we're putting out the guy who we think gives us the best chance to win and because you play to win every Sunday. Yeah. I'm going I'm to talk about Herm Edwards, but also because the evaluation – of the offense, you have to look at every player up and down that roster, and who is the guy who's going to put you in the best position each and every snap? Oh, by the way, Josh McCown is completing 70% of his passes. That's the third best completion percentage in the National Football League, okay? And I know it's not just about completion percentage, but he's getting the Jets in the proper play. He's a professional quarterback. Every time out, he's spreading the ball around. So we're talking about Robbie Anderson's development. Josh McCown's getting on the football. We're talking about Austin Safarian Jenkins having a career year. Josh McCown's getting on the football. We're talking about guys like Eric Tomlinson getting in the end zone for the first time. Great play call by John Morton, but guys on the money. Josh McCown's on the money. Jermaine Kurse comes in here a couple days before the season. Professional receiver, but who's getting him the football? Josh McCown. And I'm not putting Josh McCown into the Hall of Fame, but I get kind of fatigued. I'm a little bit tired. It's a short week. I get frustrated as well. I know fans want to win. You need to get but, a workout in. But you think so? Get a workout but in. everybody inside that building wants to win as well. Absolutely. And listen, what are you telling me as a veteran when you put the young guy in, you're basically telling me that the season's over with. So what do you think? I, how do you think I'm going to prepare? How do you think I'm going to show up for work? You think I'm going to be enthusiastic, making sure that I go out there and we're going out there three and out, I'm playing 80 reps a game, and you guys are telling me that we're not trying to win, we're trying to evaluate? You'll lose half your locker room. And what happens when you start losing half your locker room? You start having guys have problems offside the field instead of a guy coming in and watching film because he's, 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 he's trying to, to – to, uh, represent himself well, trying to win a football game. Now I might go out to the city, go hang out. Instead of not drinking or doing anything on my day off, I might start drinking. I might start going on Friday. You might lose half this team coming back after the bye week. They might come back physically, but then they're not going to come back mentally. You can't cash in. You can't push it in. If you want to check out the young quarterbacks, if you, when you get to week 13, week 14, how many games do you need to evaluate a young quarterback? They see him every day. He'll get an opportunity right. to, to, to do that. Right. But also going forward, you got to be able to evaluate your whole team. And then you'll lose your team when you ch- tell us. You don't, have to, you don't have to verbally tell us that we're mailing it in, that we're trying to, to evaluate. You do it by the moves that you make and the people that you play. When you see a team starting to give up, the first thing you're going to see, you're going to see guys going IR for seemingly nothing. Yeah. Things that they would play through. You see guys going on IR because they want to have a built-in excuse to try and lie to the other players on the team of why they're, you know, they're, they're not evaluating. We're still trying to win, but we don't want to get this guy hurt going forward. And then guys just going to melt it in. And so all these people that's playing money more than quarterback, they don't know because they haven't been in that building. They don't understand what it's like to try and convince a young man to go run his head through a brick wall, risk career injuries, risk concussions, Missed the, you know, to jeopardize the quality of his life later in life 
for, for, to lose. So the question is, when is the right time to play one of these quarterbacks? And I'll tell you when the answer is. When they think it is the right time. When they say, hey, it's time for Bryce. He's shown some things at practice, whatever. And those guys, those guys are two professional young dudes. I like their approaches. Hackenberg, even though people didn't get an opportunity to see uh, him play, uh, have stellar performances in the preseason, he definitely took some steps forward. And Bryce Petty had a tremendous preseason. With all that being said, McCown is the guy right now. He's the best guy. You know, if you, if those one of those young guys want to win, then they got to outperform Josh in the limited opportunities that they get during practice time. You know, why do you think that Josh McCown didn't play during practice? I mean, during the preseason. Because, because they, they wanted to take a long look at those guys. He played the first game, a couple of series, and the rest of these young guys got an opportunity to start, go through the regular game plan, make all those mistakes on the practice field, get coached up, and get an opportunity to perform. And if they would have lit the world on fire, then they Josh would've... McCown may not have been the starter of this team. Right. So now that we got – So squash all that. So now you that – got EA sitting up here, he mad. Yo, man, I'm happy. All tense, upset. Now I got, you got to go work out after the show no, because y'all – I did run this morning, but I didn't lift, and I okay. feel guilty about it. Yeah. I got a flu shot today. Oh, Do man. you believe in that? Heck no, I don't believe in a flu shot. So I want you to give me the virus to get sick so I won't get sick, but then you tell me that, oh, this doesn't cover every flu, not, every strand. Now you're making me feel bad. I just wanted my immune you'll, system to you'll you know, be, kick you'll in. Be, you'll be sick later, man. I mean, I mean, if you want to build your immune system, go to the New York subway and lick the floor or something. I don't know. You <laughs> got to get a flu shot. I, I'm very disappointed. And people over here are eating dinner. I mean, you talking about licking a subway in New York City. You, you know, talking, I'm, a, you you know taking, I'm afraid of germs. But you talking about taking a flu shot? Why take? I've never got a flu shot in my life. Yeah, okay. I've seen people get I, like sick. Then they get everybody in the house sick. Well, Are you sure you're not the outbreak monkey right now? No. Get me sick, man. Get me sick. Now I got to get the kids sick. Now I got to stay home for school. Then I won't be here next week for the show. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. If you come here with the sniffles next week. I would have gotten it from you. Oh, you're going to blame me. You're the one that this, got the this, virus. This is, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You know, like I, Dustin Hoffman in, 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 Hoffman in uh, uh, Outbreak right now, man. I need a bodysuit. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Rain Man or something. I didn't know where you are going with no, Dustin I Hoffman. I wasn't going Charlie Babbitt. Uh, we can pick a lot of stuff from him. He's a great actor. Uh, okay. I'm actually, as we talk about the flu, I'm starting to feel a little bit warm up here right can now. Can somebody get him some peppermint tea? Um, That's all that chest hair you got. You got to shave that stuff off, man. So, I tell you that all the time. So, Jets, Buffalo Bills, Thursday night. Yeah. Are you surprised this Buffalo team that the Jets will encounter is five and two? You know what? I think you know, no, you know because you know they got the talented players that's yeah. never been a part. And sometimes it just takes a leader to pull them all together. You know what I mean? They cleaned their locker room out. They got rid of a lot of guys that people questioned, but now they have a great locker room. They just traded Marcel Darius to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Basically a salary camp. Though. Yeah, exactly. They got they got rid of Robert Woods. They got rid of, you know, all these guys because they, they didn't think they, they were good moving forward for the future. You know, you got to get somebody that's going to buy into the system, and those guys weren't system guys. It seemed like Darius was just collecting a check. I mean, it's nothing that you can make me do if you give me $100 million. There's no way you can make me smoke weed and miss that money. You know what I mean? I'm going to make sure that I always make sure that I put you in a positive light as the team because you gave, you made you that made an investment, investment in a young man. Exactly, and he let him down. Uh, what do you make of Tyrod Taylor? Uh, I love, I love me some Tyrod. You know, do you really? He was. And, and how do the Jets go about 
uh, playing defense against this guy because he's elusive. He keeps plays alive. He's very dangerous if he breaks contain. He's almost like an extra running back at times who is a good quarterback well, because he doesn't turn the football over. Exactly. I mean, and he's not going to take a lot of chances. You know, I know a lot about Tyrod because he was in Baltimore, yep. so I know the real scouting report when he was backing up Joe Flacco. Um, what Tyrod is, he, he's not a guy that's going to use his legs um, to run. He uses his legs to buy time to get big explosive plays to get you to step up or get you not to plaster against your uh, receivers. You know, with that being said, there's certain ways that you play quarterbacks like that. And you know, because he's still not the tallest quarterback in the world, I think he's a little bit over six feet, maybe yeah. six one, maybe. Right. You know, um, so what you do is quarterbacks like that, the same windows that they throw through, they run through. And it's the way we used to play Michael Vick. So what you do is you stir the pocket to distort his vision, right? And if he's going to have to, 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 to scramble, you want it to be to his left side because most quarterbacks aren't great in throwing a ball across their body. You know, so you make them scramble that way. So what you do is you stir the pocket either with T.E. stunts. When we say T.E. stunts, we mean that, you know, basically that the, um, the two tackles are just crossing and trying to get um, inside penetration to make him scramble. Right. And then you run the fish hook on the backside where you go underneath on the front side and the place you want to flush to, you tell that defensive end to um, take a, a wide, deep, like pass rush, and the one on the opposing side is going to go underneath. So as he gets pressure, you flush him, and then you can get the ball out that way. I think you have to keep playing those games with Tyrod and make sure you plaster so you have time for those stunts to work. But that's how you take on um, young, uh, mobile guys. You've got to make sure you don't get past uh, quarterback depth. Uh, I told a couple, they should just call me. I can, I can write a game plan let, up for Listen, them. I told a couple people today who like, mm-hmm. tweeting me and saying that the, they really enjoy the show, that we need another hour. With that yeah. being said, we got to go to a break. We'll come back with our final segment here on Inside Already? the Already? All right, we're back here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits, the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Eric Allen, Bart Scott. Hey, um, sad note before you start, man. Um, just so everybody out there listening can know, Selena Gomez in the weekend calls it quits, man. It looks like the door is now open for Justin Bieber. He's using religion to get himself back in. Way to go, Beats. Uh, by the way, Bart, during the break, was all over Instagram. And maybe he was talking to the Biebs. I don't know. Well, facts. He doesn't return my calls, but it's all good. Justin Bieber. He's back, man. They've been spotted everywhere. I mean, listen, this is a show full of useless information. You know what I mean? It'll help you win. Some well, you're bringing the useless. That's oh, all good. And this is a lot of people out there that care about Selena Gomez and the Beefster. Okay. And his newfound religion. You know, he doesn't hang out with Money Mayweather anymore. You know, he squashed that because he's getting his life together. And, and maybe she sees that. I mean, that's. I'm just hoping. That's listen, inspiring. To remember when Money Mayweather visited you guys, the New York Jets? Yeah, he was like a micro mini pimp, man. Like, what, his, what do you think about he him? He got the world's smallest hands, man. I thought I was shaking two fingers. Came, uh, visited uh, Rex Ryan's crew back in what, maybe 2010 and or so? Now he was talking about money. He's such an eye guy, man. Man, narcissistic is an understatement. Yeah. Man, I got love for him, too, because I'm from Michigan. Yeah, I mean, he had a great career. But, but, but that Conor McGregor fight, come on. Hey, man, listen, you, ain't nobody in here going to turn out $300 million to fight a bum. All right, the drive of the game, the trip of the game is brought to you by Antigua. Man, yeah. Man, you're so gangster with that, man. And, and, I can't and Barbuda. Uh, the beach is just the beginning. Speaking of beginnings, the Jets last three weeks now. Opening drive. Touchdown for John Morton and company. And this one culminates uh, Josh McCown against the Atlanta Falcons. Throws a bullet on a play action fake to Eric Thomason for his first career touchdown. 
Yeah, man, you talk about that 15-play script coming out, getting in the rhythm, you know, changing the personnel, changing the formations, and, and to end it with a, with a um, with a touchdown, it just sets the right message. I mean, I think it energizes the defense, and they want to come out and play well. And um, I think we can keep this going, but, you know, let's have one of these 15-play drives, like in the third or fourth quarter coming out. You know, when you can able to get back on the script, that's another opportunity to go on another long drive because you can script the first 15 plays coming out of the out of the tunnel if you, you know, <laughs> well, duh. I messed up. Hey, you're good. I forgot they defer. Yes, so they, they can get it. So when they when they stop them three and out, then they can go with the 15 play drive. Uh, FanDuel fantasy analysis brought to you by FanDuel. Have all the fantasy that football has to offer. How about Austin Safarian Jenkins again? I'm going back to him. He's got three touchdown receptions. Maybe the Jets can get him in the end zone this week. Uh, Josh McCown's got a pair of touchdowns on the ground himself uh jets offensively what do they got to do against this bills defense that is turning people over left and right 17 takeaways on the season for sean mcdermott's crew well bat ball security job security you know matt forte talk said that hey they didn't run the ball enough okay old man here's the ball go ahead and put us on your back then you know so hopefully we get a lot of uh matt forte you talk about a short week you know, guys really can't put in a lot of new stuff. You can put in a couple of trick plays, a couple of defenses. Um, but pretty much, you know, the familiarity with each other is just going to be the key. So you just got to go out and execute. And, you know, it's always an advantage to the home team because they don't, they don't have to travel. Um, and hopefully the, the Bills are coming in, limping in, feeling nice and sore. They don't have the opportunity to go in the cold tub twice because the hotel doesn't have a cold tub. And it just need to double dip. The book on this uh, Bills defense is they play a lot of zone in the back end, try to keep everything in front of them. Yep, no big plays. And um, that's why it's going to be important that you establish the run so then that's, that, that safety, that eighth man in the box can try and get down. And I like to see them move um, – Robbie Anderson around a little bit this week because, you know, now they're going to try and game plan, understand that he's a big threat. They're going to try and be physical with him at the line of scrimmage, put a safety over the top. Carlo, uh, Michael Hyde is a great – He's got uh, five center. interceptions yeah, this year. And that's just because he's playing center fielder, yeah. you know, because he's helping out. So I would like to maybe see them put Robbie Anderson in a slot where you can't put your hand on him, and also it gives him the whole field. So instead of having to run underneath to get across the field, he can run those big old speedos that, you know, creates explosive plays. I don't know if Jordan – Poyer is going to play this week for the Buffalo Bills, but they do have an impressive safety duo with the aforementioned Hyde. Not as good as ours, though. Well, listen, and and that's what I was saying is that Thursday night football, this will be a chance for Jamal Adams, Marcus May, some of these young players here to play on national television for the first time as NFL players. It's where you make your fame at. You know, you talk about big games. The whole league is watching. It's where you earn the respect of your peers. So if these young guys want to make a name for themselves, you know, what a better week than Thursday night football when you have the whole eyes of the, of the sports world watching. Color rush. Uh, so the Jets will be in all green. And, ah. and, and the Bills won't be in red. Because of colorblind, right? Yes. Last time colorblind that, that, people couldn't tell who was winning. Some, some people couldn't uh, distinguish the difference in the uniforms, so the Bills will be in all white. What do you think about the Jets' all-green uniforms? I mean, I think You're a big stylist guy. I mean, I mean it's a nice switch-up. I, I mean, I like to see them bring the throwbacks back every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, maybe bring back the old boomer size and green helmets with the Jet on the side, you know, and, and kind of modernize it a little bit. You know, Nike has a huge budget. You know, Woody owns baby powder, so they should be able to, you know, find something. Uh, <laughs> Thursday night, Jets. Bills, uh, Jets, uh, what would a win 
do here for this team? Is it, it, I, think it, I think it puts them back on track. It's saying, listen, we let some games get away from us, but we're right back in the thick of things. I don't think, you know, by any means does the um, New England Patriots look like war beaters and everybody's able to be got. You know, and you just got to, you know, you got to win one, especially talk about these home games. You uh, win your home games. Uh, thanks to everybody who came out tonight at Vanderbilt Sports in Spirit and Mike Pinnell. That's all, everybody.